At last, though Alric did not know how, the turbulent dark gave way to light, and there came a noise, a cosmic roar of hate and frustration, and he knew that the Lords of Chaos had been defeated and banished. The Lords of Law, victorious, fate's plan had been achieved, though it still required the last note of the horn to bring it to its required conclusion. And Alric realised he did not have the strength left to blow the horn the third time. About the two friends, the world was taking on a distinct shape again. They found they were standing on a rocky plain, and in the distance were the slender peaks of new-formed mountains, purple against a mellow sky. Then the earth began to move, faster and faster it whirled, day giving way to night with incredible rapidity. And then it began to slow until the sun was again all but motionless in the sky, moving with something like its customary speed. The change had taken place. Law ruled here now, yet the Lords of Law had departed without thanks. And though law ruled, it could not progress until the horn was blown for the last time. So it is over, Moonglum murmured. All gone. Elhwyr, my birthplace. Kalark by the weeping waste. Bakshan. Tanalorn. Even the dreaming city in the Isle of Malnibane. They no longer exist cannot be retrieved, and this is the new world formed by law. It looks much the same as the old. Alric too was filled with a sense of loss, knowing that all the places that were familiar to him, even the very continents, were gone and replaced by different ones. It was like the loss of childhood, and perhaps that's what it was, the passing of the Earth's childhood. He shrugged away the thought and smiled. I'm supposed to blow the horn for the final time, if the Earth's new life is to begin. Yet I haven't the strength. Perhaps fate is to be thwarted after all. Moonglum looked at him strangely. I hope not, friend. Ulrich sighed. We're the last two left, Moonglum. You and I. It is fitting that even the mighty events that have taken place have not harmed our friendship, have not separated us. You are the only friend whose company has not worn on me. The only one I have trusted. Moonglum grinned a shadow of his own cocky grin. And where we've shared adventures, I've usually profited if you have not. The partnership has been complimentary. I shall never know why I chose to share your destiny. Perhaps it was no doing of mine, but fate's. For there is one final act of friendship I can perform. Alric was about to question Moonglum when a quiet voice came from behind him. I bear two messages. One of thanks from the Lords of Law, and another from a more powerful entity. Separates? Alric turned to face his mentor. Well, are you satisfied with my work? Aye, greatly. 
Separitz's face was sad, and he stared at Elric with a look of profound sympathy. You have succeeded in everything but the last act, which is to blow the horn of fate for the third time. Because of you, the world shall know progression, and its new people shall have the opportunity to advance by degrees to a new state of being. But what is the meaning of it all? Arik said. That I have never fully understood. Who can? Who can know why the cosmic balance exists, why fate exists, and the lords of the higher worlds? There seems to be an infinity of space and time and possibilities. There may be an infinite number of beings, one above the other, who see the final purpose, though in infinity there can be no final purpose. Perhaps all is cyclic, and the same event will occur again and again, until the universe is run down and fades away as the world we knew has faded. Meaning, Elric, do not seek that, for madness lies in such a course. No meaning, no pattern, then why have I suffered all this? Perhaps even the gods seek meaning and pattern, and this is merely one attempt to find it. Look, he waved his hands to indicate the newly formed earth. All this is fresh and moulded by logic. Perhaps the logic will control the newcomers. Perhaps a factor will occur to destroy that logic. The gods experiment. The cosmic balance guides the destiny of the earth. Men struggle and credit the gods with knowing why they struggle. But do the gods know? You disturbed me further when I had hoped to be comforted, he sighed. I have lost wife and world and do not know why. I am sorry. I have come to wish you farewell, my friend. Do what you must. Aye. Shall I see you again? No, for we are both truly dead. Our age has gone. Separates seemed to twist in the air and disappear. A cold silence remained. At length Elric's thoughts were interrupted by Moonglum. You must blow the horn, Elric, whether it means nothing or much. You must blow it and finish this business forever. How? I have scarcely enough strength to stand on my feet. I have decided what you must do. Slay me with Stormbringer. Take my soul and vitality into yourself, and then you will have sufficient power to blow the last blast. Kill you, Moonglum. The only one left. My only true friend, you babble. I mean it. You must, for there is nothing else to do. Further, we have no place here and must die soon at any rate. You told me how Tsaratsinia gave you her soul. We'll take mine too. I cannot. Moonglum paced towards him and reached down to grip Stormbringer's hilt, pulling it halfway from the sheath. No, Moonglum. But now the sword sprang from the sheath on its own volition. Elric struck Moonglum's hand away and gripped the sword. He could not stop it. The sword rose up, dragging his arm with it, poised to deliver a blow. 
Moonglam stood with his arms by his side, his face expressionless. Though Elric thought he glimpsed a flicker of fear in his eyes. He struggled to control the blade, but knew it was impossible. Let it do its work, Elric. The blade plunged forward and pierced Moonglam's heart. His blood sprang out and covered it. His eyes blurred and filled with horror. Ah, uh, no, I had not expected this. Petrified, Arik could not tug the sword from his friend's heart. Moonglum's energy began to flow up its length and course into his body. Yet even when all the little Eastlander's vitality was absorbed, Arik remained staring at the small corpse until the tears flowed from his crimson eyes and a great sob racked him. Then the blade came free. He flung it away from him, and it did not clatter on the rocky ground, but landed as a body might land. Then it seemed to move towards him and stop, and he had the suspicion that it was watching him. He took the horn and put it to his lips. He blew the blast to herald in the night of the new earth, the night that would precede the new dawn. And though the horn's note was triumphant, Elric was not. He stood full of infinite loneliness and infinite sorrow, his head tilted back as the sound rang on. And when the note faded from triumph to a dying echo that expressed something of Elric's misery, a huge outline began to form in the sky above the earth, as if summoned by the horn. It was the outline of a gigantic hand holding a balance, and as he watched it the balance began to right itself until each side was true. And somehow this relieved Elric's sorrow as he released his grip on the horn of fate. There is something at last, he said. And if it's an illusion, then it's a reassuring one. He turned his head to one side and saw the blade leave the ground, sweep into the air and then rush down on him. Stormbringer, he cried, and then the hellsword struck his chest. He felt the icy touch of the blade against his heart, reached out his fingers to clutch it, felt his body constrict, felt it sucking his soul from the very depths of his being felt his whole personality being drawn into the rune sword. He knew as his life faded to combine with the swords that it had always been his destiny to die in this manner. With the blade he had killed friends and lovers, stolen their souls to feed his own waning strength. It was as if the sword had always used him rather than the opposite, as if he was merely a manifestation of Stormbringer, and was now being taken back into the body of the blade, which had never been a true sword. And as he died he wept again, for he knew that the fraction of the sword's soul which was his would never know rest but was doomed to immortality. Elric of Malnibane, last of the bright emperors, cried out, and then his body collapsed, a sprawled husk beside its comrade, and he lay beneath the mighty balance that still hung in the sky. 
Then Stormbringer's shape began to change, writhing and curling above the body of the albino, finally to stand astraddle it. The entity that was Stormbringer, last manifestation of chaos which would remain with this new world as it grew, looked down on the corpse of Alric of Malnibane and smiled. Farewell, friend. I was a thousand times more evil than you. And then it leapt from the earth and went spearing upwards, its wild voice laughing mockery at the cosmic balance, filling the universe with its unholy joy. <laughs>